Let's discuss the use of the transvalsin approach for resection of periatrial or splenial GBMs. This is a 52-year-old female who presented with very minor visual dysfunction and was found to have this relatively homogeneously solid mass in the inferior and medial wall of the atrium. You can see the lesion is also infiltrating part of the splenium. It is closely related to the vein of Galen and the straight sinus. These structures should be considered and carefully protected during the falsine incisions. The patient underwent resection in the lateral position using a lumbar drain. You can see the normal hemisphere was placed down or in the dependent position. Gravity retraction was exploited. The first incision is parallel to the suprasagittal sinus. Because this tumor is somewhat more posteriorly located, the T-shaped incision is modified. In other words, the limb of the incision is conducted in an oblique fashion. You can see the splenium at the depth of our dissection cavity. So the reason the second incision is in the oblique fashion is to protect the venous lakes around the straight sinus. You can see that the flap of the fox is mobilized and here is the part of the fox joining the tentorium containing the venous lakes of the straight sinus. Arachnoidal dissection is continued. The splenium is recognized. The draining veins toward the vein of Galen are protected. Navigation guides the extent of dissection in the posterior di direction. You can see this portion of the fox is not excised or transected to protect the important venous structures within the fox. Next, a small corticotomy over the tumor is performed and the tumor is debulked and resected. So an important discussion in this case is the pattern of the falsine incisions to protect the posteriorly located durovenous sinuses. I continue to stare around the capsule of the tumor. Remove the tumor piecemeal using pituitary rongeurs. Here you can see the capsule of the tumor that is being dissected from the surrounding white matter. The discolored mass is quite apparent. Piecemeal removal prevents undue traction on the surrounding structures. An ipsilateral intrahemispheric approach 
would require significant retraction on the ipsilateral hemisphere to reach the lateral pore of the tumor. Obviously, a transcortical approach would place the optic radiations at risk. This fact applies to the lateral transcortical approach. Here is the choroid plexus within the trigone. Here is a demagnified view of the operative field toward the trigone. The cross-core trajectory is illustrated. You can also, again, appreciate the importance of venous structures around the falcotentural junction. The use of gravity retraction to mobilize the normal hemisphere in the dependent position and also the small operative corridor and minimal cortical transgression required to reach the lesion. Postoperative MRI demonstrated reasonable resection of this tumor. This patient's preoperative visual deficits remain stable after the surgery. Thank you.